0: All right, we're going to start in Hebrews chapter 12. If you want to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 12 this morning. How many, when we sang that first song, when you sing, there's power and power, wonder-working power, how many in your minds were you saying, there's power, 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 power? We know we sing that song, it always goes through my head. I I think the max we ever got up to is we got up to 16 powers, I think, squeezed in there at one time at a kid's camp when we were singing that song. And uh, there was power in the blood. So uh, we've been learning about running the race. We've been talking about running the race that God has put before us, accomplishing the task, doing the job, uh, getting uh, uh, the work done that God has given to us. And uh, as we see in, as we've read in Uh, Hebrews twelve one. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race. That is set before us. We've been talking about the different weights that we carry upon us, the, the load of sin, because uh, uh, all these weights that we allow to encompass our life, if we don't get rid of them, they're, they're sin in our life. There's things that are keeping us, separating us from doing the will of God, and we need to confess those things, and they're weighing us down, keeping us from performing those. Uh, we've talked about uh, busyness, and we've talked about uh, over-control, and we've talked about, uh, this morning we talked about our tongue. And, and today, uh, this, the, this next uh, uh, weight that we have upon us is just a few verses down, starting in uh, verse number 12, and it's, it's the idea of the weight of bitterness in our lives. And let's begin with verse number 12 and read that real quick here as we read 12 through 16. He says, Where, there, Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity today to open God's word and to share what you would have for us today. Lord, I pray that you will hide me behind your cross, Lord, that the words will be spoken, will be encouraging, will be uplifting, will be the words that are needed this morning, Lord, and that you'll keep me out of the picture and all you will be seen in the things that are said. We thank you for each one that's here today, and we ask you to continue to be a pastor as he's traveling and and bringing back safely to be with us next week, Lord, and just uh, again bless uh, the word that's spoken today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Many people may have heard of uh, Kurt Cobain. Uh, He ended his life in a tragic suicide on April of 1994, and if you don't know the man, he was the lead singer uh, of the group called Nirvana. Uh, and uh, his suicide began to prompt many questions in his life, like, uh, uh, you know, why would somebody with so many dedicated fans want to end his life? Why would somebody that was making so much money want to end his life? Why would someone with a wife and a a 19-year-old daughter want to end his life. But all throughout Kurt's life, he, he was very much filled with bitterness. In fact, he, he boasted about his bitterness. And he, I won't say bo- boasted, but he complained about his bitterness. And he always was willing to share how he had grown up and the terrible, rough life that, that he had had in his life there. Uh, he he had, was a child of divorce. He had to move from house to house, he would tell you. He eventually was without a home. Uh, uh, he, his life was rotten. It was meaningless. And if you listen to his music, you could hear that in his music, in the, in the songs that he sang. He lived a life uh, without believing in God, without trusting in God. His life, he felt, had no meaning and purpose. Uh, one of his f- famous songs is called Never Mind. And, and the recurring phrase, the recurring words in that song is, Oh, well, whatever, never mind. You know, just, just that hopelessness, the, 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 the total uh, emptiness of his life there. One song that was never released because they said it was too objectionable. He wrote a song called, I Hate Myself and I Want to Die. Now, that's bitterness. That's bitterness in a person's life. And it ended in a tragic way for, for Mr. Cobain, for Kurt Cobain here, uh, there. He, he did not have an, any idea of the spiritual battle that was going on in his life. He, he did not believe in Satan, he, so he couldn't believe in the lies of Satan. He didn't believe in God, so he couldn't believe in the love of God. He had no idea of the void that was in his heart. He had nothing uh, to pursue. He he, he believed in nothing. He had no purpose. He had no meaning. And it played out in that logical conclusion of death here. Well, bitterness can be the same way in our lives. Bitterness is anger that's carried over a long period of time that, that has been allowed to grow and to grow and grow. Uh, uh, the Bible uh, and the word that's used for bitterness, is, is, it, it, it's a Hebrew or it's a, it's a word that refers to bitter gall, a bitter root that produces bitter fruit. And Dr. Anthony T. Evans in his in his book entitled Guiding Your Family in a Misguided World, he gives the illustration, he gives this illustration about bitterness and he talks about two monks that were traveling along or walking down the road and they came to a stream that was running fairly quickly and they found a lady that was standing there at, at the edge of the stream and she was just fussing about how how long she had walked and, and what she had to do and there was no bridge and how cold the water was and, and she was complaining about about all these things and finally one of the monks after talking to his fellow monk here said you know uh, if you would like we could carry you across the stream and the lady you would do that well thank you and 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 so the two men picked her up lifted her up and they carried her across the the water and they set her down on the uh, the other side and without as much as a goodbye or another thank you she took off and and went on her way and did all her way and the first monk he looks at his clothes, and they were all dirty and they were wet, and he was complaining about how his clothes looked now, because they had to carry this lady across the water, and my back is hurting me so much, and I know i 'm going to get all stiff and sore and The first monk or the other monk just kind of smiled and nodded his head, and they they continued on their journey and they they 'd gone several miles down the road again, and finally the the, the first monk sat down. and, I can't go no further. My back is hurting me so badly and it's all because we had to carry that silly woman across the river, across the stream there. I can't go any further because I'm in so much pain. The other monk looked at his partner that was laying there down on the grass there and, 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 and moaning out and crying and says, you ever wonder why I'm not complaining? He says, you know, your back hurts because you're still carrying that woman. I put her down five miles ago you know and that that's what bitterness is Bitterness is, is carrying on with something. And, and, and it's like the things we deal with in, in our relationship. We hold on to the pain and, and the past. and We want to hold that over our loved ones' heads. We want to beat them about the head and shoulders with like a stick with those things here. We want to have the upper hand. And so we carry this burden of some alleged wrongdoing in our lives. And it festers and it grows into bitterness. Real quickly, there are six things that bitterness can cause in our life, and just to 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 make it more real in your life, why you need to get rid of bitterness. I mean, yes, it's an offense to God, but but it is it's a test. Terrible things in our life. First of all, bitterness will devastate us spiritually. Uh, you know, if we walk in the flesh, we can't walk in the spirit. You know, if we're walking, taking control of this this evil thing that was done to us, this pain that was caused to us, and we're holding on to that, we're walking in the flesh. And if we can't get that over to God and let God deal with that, let God take control of those things, then we're not walking spiritually the way we should be. There's two statements that, that can open us up that can help us get rid of this bitterness and help us get back into the spiritual walk. First thing that we need to think about is we can't control what happens in your life, but we can control how we respond and react. Have you found that in your life? You know, you can't control what happens to you. I can't control what that clerk at the gas station said to me. I can't control the, the ridicule that my boss or my coworkers has given me. But what I can control is how I re- choose to react to that. How do I choose to react? Do I choose to hold on to that? Do I choose to, to seek vengeance? Do I, seek, do, I, do I let it bring me down and drag me down? Or how do I respond to those things? We can control that. The second thing we need to remember, it's impossible to be wrong with a man and right with God at the same time. You know, we can't try to be right with God and hold on to some wrongdoing that somebody's done to us and hold that wrong against that person and expect to be right with God. God says we have to forgive those things. God says we have to lay those things aside in order that we can follow Him. And in the illustration we're using here in in the first part of chapter 12, so we can run the race that God has put before us because it weighs us down with bitterness. But not only does it devastate our lives spiritually, but bitterness also will destroy our lives physically. It will destroy our lives physically physically. You know, you talk to doctors. If you, somebody that's got bitterness, it's going to lead to, to, to all kinds of glandular problems. You're going to have high blood pressure. You're going to have cardiac disorders. Causes ulcers. Causes people to go insane. You know, it causes all kinds of physical uh, 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 ailments with us when we harbor onto bitterness and let it fester and control us and, gu- and, 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 and rule our lives. There's a leading psychiatrist, he wrote that 90% of all people in asylums could be released immediately if they would learn how to forgive and how to be forgiven. Isn't that quite a statement? A lot, a lot of mental issues that people have are because they can't forgive something that has happened to them. They can't let God handle that problem. They're still carrying that old lady across the stream after five miles of, or five years or, or whatever walking through life. They can't put that lady down. They have to carry it with them and it causes great physical destruction in their life. But it also causes us to be discouraged emotionally You know, where people that are bitter, you'll usually find those bitter people are discouraged. They're very discouraged, like there's no fairness in this world. Nothing ever gets done right. It it, it leads to paranoia. They think now everybody is going to be against them. They get this victim mentality that everyone's out to get them, you know, so much so that they can't even go to a football game and watch a football game because every time the other team gets in a huddle, they think they're there talking about them. You know, that, that's somebody that has let bitterness control their life and, and ruin their lives and, and destroy and discourage them emotionally. Verse number 12 uh, of Hebrews chapter 12 says, lift up your hands which hang down and your feeble knees. He's describing what bitterness is doing to people. Just can't, I can't even lift up my arms. They're so, so weak. I can't, I can't hardly walk, you know. Uh, Bitterness, you know, a lot of people when bitterness starts out, you know, the first time we're offended and we're holding on to that bitterness, we think, I got it under control. It's no problem. I can deal with it. But the longer we hold on to it, the more it weighs us down. It's like, you you probably have done this in in school at some point in time, you know, you you take the books and you hold them out on your hands, you know, and you stand there and you stand there and, and at first it's fine. But what happens over time, you know, it's like, (laughs) you can't hold it up forever. And that's what bitterness does to us. It weighs us down. We can hold on to maybe for a little bit, but why should we? We should learn to get rid of that bitterness. We should put it off. It also divides our fellowship. It divides our fellowship. When we let bitterness rule in our lives, Uh, you know, uh, Fellowship Baptist Church, we're we're doing great. I, I think we have a great fellowship here. We have great rapport with one another. We have great friendships here. But man, we can't let it stop because it will stop if we start harboring bitterness in our heart. If we let some little miscommunication, misdeed, misthing that's done uh, uh, start festering in our heart and we don't take care of that and we don't deal with it and we let it fester, it's going to divide the fellowship. You know, sometimes people don't even know they did something wrong. You know, they sat, they sat in my seat or, or, or they, 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 they didn't speak to me. They looked the wrong way, whatever it might be. And we gather those things in and, and, and that person's not even aware of what they did. And we let those things fester. When Simply go talk to them and say, hey, you realize that that's my seat? And usually when we think about that, we go, oh, that's really silly. You know? <laughs> but, you know, at least talk to people. Let them know what's going on because most of the time they will going, "Oh, I'm so sorry," and they didn't. They in no ways meant to offend you. They don't want you to have bitterness in your heart. They they, they they are happy to make those corrections. The last thing we see that bitterness will also deprive us of a blessing. It will deprive us of a blessing. Uh, you know, when we have a negative, critical spirit, we take it everywhere we go. Uh, 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 we don't come looking for blessings. Instead, we're looking. For what's wrong with something, uh, and you know when we look for what's wrong, guess what? We're gonna find it. We're gonna find it. Uh, you know, instead of come looking for a blessing, when we have bitterness, we're looking for those wrong things. If we come looking for a blessing, guess what? Then we'll find the blessings, and we'll leave here with joy in our heart and with a happy spirit. Can I tell you how? How can you tell when someone is bitter? How do you know when someone or you? Know, how you know when you are bitter? It's because you remember the details. You remember all the details. Most, most of the time, things happen to us. Even bad things happen to us and, and things that happened a long time ago. And, and, you know, we really don't remember the details. You know, we yeah, I had an accident, you know, or, 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 or man, I, I found $20. But we don't remember the details of that incident. But when we're bitter about something, we remember every detail you know Every word that that person said that day, I remember it in full detail. I can, I can see them standing right there telling me every word of what they said, and I can tell it back to you because we remember the details. I can tell you how they said it. I can tell you what the tone in their voice was. I, I can tell you how their face looked when they said it. Uh, um, I can tell you exactly what happened on that day. Sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not, but we can remember every detail of that particular day. That's an indication that we've let this become bitterness in our minds. Why? Because we're replaying it over and over and over and over again. We've got it in this continual loop and we continue to dwell about it. And yes, we can remember every detail because we repeated it so many times, it's stuck in our memory. And we need to erase the tape. We need to get rid of it. We need to cast out that bitterness and quit playing it over and over again. You know, sometimes though, you know, we remember those things that happened and sometimes we actually kind of enjoy the remembering of those things a little bit. We remember what they did because we can hold on to that bitterness. We have something against them. We become obsessed with it. You know, we can't remember the good times, we can't remember the good things that happened, but we can sure remember those things that we keep rehearsing in our mind. That person that's bitter, no detail is forgotten. In fact, some details get exaggerated over time. But the way to get bitterness is, is not, the other thing about bitterness is not how big it is, but how close it is to us. You know, they have a big murder in California and people will get shot or killed in a mall or something. And while we hate that and it makes us maybe a little bit angry, but you know what? We don't get bitter over that because it's not even close to us. But yet small things that happen with our mother or a father or a brother or a sister or our wife, our husband, our, a wife, a husband, or a close friend, a, 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 another church friend here, A little thing that happens, and all of a sudden, boom. We've got the the world's greatest case, you know, going on, and we have every right to be mad, and we become bitter about that. (coughs) You know, the closer the sin is and the sinner is to us, the more apt it is and the bigger it seems to us, and it will continue until it becomes bitterness if we don't get rid of it. We need to get down on our knees and make things right. Or I take that back. We, you know, we, we think they should get down on their knees and make things right. You think God will make things better if He if He will if they will do that and not be so bitter. But what can we do about bitterness? What can we do about it? How can we stop bitterness in our lives? And there's three reactions, three things that can be done about bitterness. The first two are not spiritual things, and the last one is the spiritual, what God calls us to do. The first one is, is we can keep it all inside. We can keep it all inside. And when we do that, you know what? It makes us sick. It gets us sick inside. It makes us physically, emotionally, spiritually sick inside. And eventually, bitterness has even been known to kill us because we can't let bitterness fester in our hearts so bad. That's how deadly it is. It can wear us out. Because it's involved in everything we do. It affects the way we walk. It affects the way we talk. It affects the way we look. It affects the places we go. It can just If we just keep it inside, it can kill us. And so that leads to the second response. The world's response a lot of times says, well, you need to let it out. You need to get it out. You need to go talk it out. You need to start talking about it. And you need to share it. And, and, and so instead of keeping it inside and making yourself sick, guess what? I'm going to share it with somebody else and make them sick. You know, as well. You know? And, and I'm going to spread the sickness around a little bit. You know, and, and we can share it with everyone else. And, and while there's good points of, of talking about it, if you're talking to the right people, uh, uh, the right person, the one that offended you, uh, but uh, that's not usually who we want to share it with. We want to share it with everybody else but the person that offended us. And that's not the right thing to do. God's plan, God wants us to dig it up, to dig it up. If you look at verse 15 of chapter 12, he says, "Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness." He's referring to this bitterness as a root, a root that is growing in our life. You know, roots usually tend to grow underground. You know, they're not seen, and a lot of times that's the way bitterness starts out. Nobody really knows. What happened or what's going on but we're letting this bitterness fester. that person comes to talk to me and I'm not going to talk to them. I don't even want to be around them I'm going to sit on the opposite side of the church I'm going to be as far away from them. in fact sometimes it gets as it progresses along if they're at church I'm not going to come to church you know it kind of gets into the, this little thing going on here you know but it's all nobody knows why though. you ask somebody why why is that why is it that, that they have that reaction? I, I don't know. Because it's a root of bitterness, it's underground. But you know, like most roots, you know, eventually roots have a, the habit of surfacing. You know, you ever had the old sidewalk is like, <laughs> what up, you know, and cracking because of the roots that are pushing up out of the ground? You ever been walking through the forest, you know, and boom, trip on on roots that are, are popping out of the ground? You know, roots have a tendency to start coming up and showing themselves, and eventually uh, those roots are going to bear fruit. Uh, that the, that root's going to bear fruit, and a lot of times it's not good fruit. It's, it can be sour fruit. Uh, Hebrews tells us here that there's therefore, there, there's many that are defiled. You know, it spreads. That Bitterness spreads, and it isn't just stuck with you, but bitterness spreads. It, it spreads throughout the church. It spreads throughout your school or your office. It spreads throughout your family, you know, uh, it, it's kind of like a magnet, you know, it, it, p- bitter people tend to draw other b- bitter people to them, you know, I guess there, there's a, a, a warmth and fellowship, or there's, how's that saying go, something about uh, the, 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 more p- the more pain you have, the better everybody likes it, or something like that, you know, we, we tend to enjoy having other bitter people around us, if, if we're in bitterness there, It's kind of like flypaper. It sticks to whoever comes in contact with it. And usually we're unable to get rid of that bitterness. And it begins affecting everybody around us there. So are you catching on how desperately bad bitterness is? How bitterness weighs us down? How bitterness can drag us down? So we can't do the things that God wants us to do. We think we're all okay on the outside. We think we all got it under control, but we have this thing in our heart that that is festering us and it's dragging us down, and we can't run the race that God has for us. We can't do the task. We can go through the motions, we can go through the outward motions, but our heart is affected. And we we can't serve God in a loving and pleasing way, a way that we genuinely want to do what God wants us to do, because we're holding on to this bitterness and it's slowly eating at our life like a cancer. And so the question is, what do we do? We go to the doctor and say, God, what do I do? How do I get rid of this bitterness? How can I get rid of this? The first thing we need to do is realize that you have bitterness in your life. Quit toying with it. Quit saying, well, I deserve to be this way. You don't know what they did to me. Realize that you are bitter. Be honest with yourself. I have let this thing fester out of control and it's developed into bitterness in my life. And I need to get rid of it. I need to deal with it. <coughs> you know, you can have a lot of things wrong with you. And if you don't get to go to the doctor and get the doctor to take care of it, it's going to get worse. It's just going to keep getting worse. You get a little scratch on your arm and it starts turning red. Yeah, no big deal. And pretty soon it's getting all fevered up and it's starting to spread out a little bit. And eh, I won't worry about it. I'll do something about it later. And pretty soon the streaks start going up your arm. And and, and by the time you get to the doctor, he says, you got blood poisoning. We're gonna have to chop your arm off, you know? That's what bitterness does in our life. If we don't recognize it and we don't admit it and we don't uh, 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 bring it out that we are bitter, we've been wronged and I need to deal with it. And we need to get it taken care of. <clears throat> the second thing we need to do to get rid of bitterness in our life is to realize that bitterness is my problem. It's my problem. The person that offended me, guess what? They're not bitter. You know, whether they know they offended you or not, you know, they they don't have any problem with that. This sin of bitterness is my problem. It's my problem. I'm the one that's bitter. I've chosen to be this way. I've chosen to to stay this way. It's all my baby. Uh, uh, If the bitterness was the fault of the person that offended me, then if they come to me and said, hey, I'm sorry, then, then that bitterness would all go away. But how many times have you been bitter and somebody said, I'm sorry? And yeah, right. And that bitterness just continues to grow. Because you can't, get, you can't bring yourself to forgive them. You can't bring yourself to get past that, that, that offense that was committed to us. That bitterness is mine. Uh, we we need to see that we are bitter and realize it's not because of what they did. It's because I chose to be that way. I chose to harbor that in my heart. I chose not to deal with it. I chose not to, 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 to root it out of my life and to cast it aside. And I've let it grow. In fact, sometimes I've reveled in, in its growth. I've enjoyed that, that, that bitterness in my life. And we need to recognize those things and confess that. And the last step to get rid of bitterness in our life is we need to realize that it's sin. We need to realize that bitterness is sin. And what are we supposed to do with sin? We're supposed to fall on our face before a loving God and confess our sins confess our sins, and say, God, please forgive me. Help me get over this. Help me get past this. I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to do what you tell me to do, and I'm going to forgive that person. You forgave me. I have not harbored any, there's nothing in my life that will cause you not to, to save me because you've given me forgiveness. You died on the cross and forgave all my sins knowing how terrible a person that I am. You forgave me and didn't hold anything back. And now you ask me to forgive others. And I need to learn to forgive them. We need to confess that and and, and ask God to forgive us of those things and get that root, dig that root out of our soul. You know, the great theologian, uh, Buddy Hackett. You know, everybody know who Buddy Hackett is? Some people know who Buddy Hackett is, you know. You realize that was kind of a sarcasm. He's not really a theologian. (laughs) (laughs) but anyway he he made this statement I said I've had a few arguments with people but I never carry a grudge we can say there I never get bitter he never carries a grudge you know why while you're carrying the grudge they're out dancing You know uh, that bitterness it's only affecting you it's only affecting you as much as you may try to make it affect the other person it's not bothering them in the least it's only bothering you why can't we get rid of it Why can't we lay that bitterness aside in our lives? Why do we keep dwelling on it and rehashing it over and over again? Today, as we we come to the end here, I I ask you today, uh, do you want to be like the monk and continue carrying that lady uh, for miles and miles and miles, or do you want to set her down and go on with your life and get past it? Do you want to to carry that grudge or do you want to go out dancing? You know, the choice all comes down to you. It comes down to you. Do you want to do what God says to do? Do you want to do what God wants so you'll have a better life? Or do you want to continue in the bitterness that you're reveling in, that you're wallowing in right now? Lay aside that weight so we can run the race so we can see souls saved, so we can see people come to know Christ because we're running the race that God has set before us. Heavenly Father, we thank you.